Hello everyone, it is November 12th here. Um, you have a forgotten voice here in Ian Imhoff. Um, first official podcast of the year, finally starting to pick up. Um, where we left off last year, um, Alec has carried the weight of the crew, um, as he usually does. Um, I think now that he's out of the front office, he has a little bit more time on his hands to maybe produce some some quality content for the league. Uh, but with that... Um, Today, we have a, an esteemed guest here, um, somebody who is thought of highly around the league, um, always here to talk some trash, um, somebody that I think you will enjoy a lot today. Um, and with that, um, we have Alex Gertz um, real quick. Um, Alex, how are you doing today? It's funny you said you were the forgotten voice of the pod. I feel like I've been one of the forgotten members with my play this year. So Ooh. two forgotten people just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, forgotten, I don't know about that. You're pretty active. Uh, I think it's more so recognized that you're downfalling. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, fantasy is as it goes. Uh you know, we'll, I think we'll get into that more later, all the juice behind that. But, uh, but yeah, how are you doing? How's Chicago going? I saw that there's a, a lockdown going on here soon. Yeah, yep. So, so um, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, and then the governor, Pritzker, came out and said starting the 16th, we're going back to phase two, which is pretty much as restrictive as it gets for any major city. Um, no indoor, outdoor dining, nothing really open. You shouldn't be out past 6 p.m. Like, they're really locking this down um the general consensus in this household is we're unhappy about it um don't really understand it to be honest but they're trying to keep us safe and they think this is the route to take and that's what they're going to do so it's definitely going to be a chicago winters are always tough this one's going to be particularly difficult i think yeah so it's, it's too bad but there's not much you can do um and hopefully it doesn't impact any travel plans for thanksgiving or christmas that's really all i'm worried about yeah me too i i have flights already booked back to ohio and um i think ohio is on the same path here i mean it seems like when i'm looking at data it's kind of spiraling out of control with hospitalizations and stuff especially so you know cases is one thing but it seems like the hospitals are overwhelmed so don't want to get too much into that but yeah same thing i mean it is what it is but uh same thing here in seattle i just i looked at the weather this week, I think I said it in the league. It, it was eight. It's eight straight days of rain. So I'm yeah. just like, it's officially winter here. It gets dark at three forty-five, um, and it's just it's it's a brutal time of year. I mean, we have beautiful summers, but you got to give that time back somewhere. So same here, where um, it's a little different here with COVID, just because things have been really kind of a lot more strict the whole time. Um, but nonetheless, I'm sure every state's going to be be there soon so hopefully everyone's just yeah, staying but, uh, safe and uh and like you said just you know it is what it is there's really it's out of our hands but one thing i do hope is that i mean wait wait a minute what about the buckeyes yeah the, the buckeyes game got canceled against maryland this coming saturday from for an outbreak with maryland football um you know the buckeyes are still on pace to play the week after but that game's probably not going to be rescheduled the big 10 as a whole not ohio state uh, related, but the Big Ten as a whole really hurt themselves. They didn't buffer in any bye weeks or shifting because they started so late. Is that insane? So they really, yeah, they really like if 
this happens, like Maryland, Ohio State's a good example. Wisconsin hasn't played in two weeks, I think. The seasons are essentially just gone, right? Because if Wisconsin plays four games, who cares what their record is if they go 4-0? So, yeah, the, the Big Ten, just you're kind of holding your breath, and hopefully the Buckeyes can get out unscathed without any COVID or a loss, and they can, you know, be in the Final Four to play in the playoffs. Because as much as people don't want to hear it, you don't want to watch BYU play a big team. You want to watch the Buckeyes play a big team. So hopefully that they can stay healthy uh, with COVID stuff and then, you know, play enough games to get into the Final Four. And I don't know if this matters, whether, like, incentive truly matters, but I feel like pro players have a little bit more incentive because they're getting paid a massive amount of money, and their income comes from game checks. So they have to play to get paid. So college just doesn't have that right now, which is actually kind of funny because if they did pay them, I feel like they would be more incentivized to stay in be careful and do the best that they could do compared to now they're probably not doing as much as the NFL is doing. I just think it's funny because if you pay the players, you incentivize them to stay healthier of which then you make it a better product on the field. So it's like they kind of shot themselves in the foot, which I kind of enjoy slightly just because I think that it's ridiculous that these players still aren't getting paid. Yep. I mean, maybe that'll change in the future, but certainly not in the next few years. I sure hope so, man. Justin, um, Justin Fields, man, he, I saw a stat watching the game the other day. At one point in the game, through year to date of the season, he had more touchdown throws than incomplete passes. Like, yep. this man is insane. Like, I, I don't want to hype up the Buckeyes too much. I'm sure everyone here is already getting a little a little chub going. But it, it, it's insane. This team is insane. Like, if, if they make it to the playoffs, there's there's some serious national championship contention, I think. And I think, I think to steer it all back to our group to – get back to the thousand of listeners to get them engaged yeah um notre dame ohio state could be a really fun possibility i think it would tear our league apart oh my god that would be just a blast because a the buckeyes definitely win that game literally no problem and b it could just be a fun little like side action for the whole group you know you know there's about half and half irish buckeye fans you know so that would be a lot of fun um, and it's a very real possibility. We'll see what Notre Dame does. I'm sure they're going to meet Clemson again in the ACC championship with um, Trevor Lawrence back. So that'll be a real litmus test for them. Yeah, if, if Notre Dame wins, Ian Kyle will remind Ohio State fans probably once a week for the next like oh. four years. Yeah, 40, four, four zero years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time now, instead when he says go Irish, he'd be like, go Irish, and then say the score of that game right after. That's right. That's hilarious. Well, either, either way, I think we're here more so to talk about, you know, haven't heard much on the pods about how the NFL is going so far. Honestly, with COVID and everything, pretty limited impact, right? There's been some few dramatic days, but really not that many postponed games. Um, with the cases rising, I'm a little bit concerned, but so far the NFL has done an incredible job, in my opinion, um, really making sure that things get done and they get done right and we can watch football. Um, and, and I'm just curious what, first of all, the NFL has been a hell of a product to watch this year. There have been so many good storylines. There have been a lot of good games. NFL red zone has been a blast to watch every week. Um, you know, a mix of rookies, a mix of standout wide receivers, some new running backs, um, some tough injuries as always. Um, but just curious, first of all, any surprise teams that that's kind of surprised you this year so far? Um, yeah, surprise team, 
I think of as of late, we'll see if they keep trending in this direction, are definitely the Dolphins. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always a blast to watch. They bench him and they bring in Tua, and then that defense turns into a top-five defense. They beat, beat up the Rams. I think Goff had five turnovers, and Tua had to throw the ball like 12 times, and they won. And then he looked really good against the Cardinals last week, and they won in kind of more of a shootout game. So they're showing they can win games with their defense against the Rams, and then they can also go toe-to-toe against a, a decent offense in the Rams. So I think they've been a fun surprise. And then um, I don't know if this is as big as a surprise as people would think, but the Cardinals, again, like they had a lot of hype around them, and they're doing great. They're a lot of fun to watch. You can't – they're like can't miss TV when they're on. We can get into Kyler Murray, Spears, settle down, we'll get there. But he's just been electric, and it's been a lot of fun, as you said, as a product. They've done a phenomenal job. It just it's reminded me with this COVID atmosphere, we're competing against like NBA finals games are competing competing against Thursday night football games. Thursday night football games when when LeBron won his title, the Lakers won their title, the NFL game like tripled the viewership still. Yeah, I watched I watched the NFL game. Right. And you can't it just it always blows me away by the pure the pure numbers the NFL puts up. And I always thought they were gonna they're a money-making machine. Um, we know in the past they botched their, their their human, not human rights, but they're just their PR stuff. And I thought, like COVID or not, they're gonna they're gonna bulldoze through this and next man up. And I mean, it seems like they they do certain things for certain players. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers actually called them out this week about it. Um, I didn't see that. Random, yeah, random. Like if a random cornerback on the Falcons gets it Saturday night, they ship him away. Not really, but they they put him on their little list. They do contact tracing. They go. But we saw the um, the games that got suspended. I think we had, or yeah, postponed. We saw it was either a big quarterback or a a big player got COVID, and they they were pushing stuff back. Hmm. So they didn't do it, it for San Francisco seemed, though. San Francisco got obliterated, and they still yeah. made them. They still made them play, and they, the team was pissed. Yep. So I mean, but the NFL's product, to your point, has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think they're making there's holding penalties are way down, so I think their the rate of play and the offensive production is through the roof. And um, whether people admit it or not, they just want to watch shootouts and, and high scoring affairs. Like a, a defensive battle is fun when it's playoff football. I really do like it, but during the regular season, let's just run up the score and have fun and put up points. So that's what they've been. I think that's what the NFL is allowing them to do this year. Yeah, I completely agree. And and I'm gonna go on a little side tangent on that though. Something I was talking to uh, my friend Mitch about where just something that really grinds my gears is this the whole targeting call in the college football and the hit to the head. It almost always happens on a throw in the middle of the field. And it just pisses me off because I feel like the refs are now starting to lean way more in favor of the offense than they ever have. Where, for example, let's say you've got a little bit of a skinny post down the middle of the field and the safety reads it, and right once that player breaks for the skinny post in the middle of the field, the safety's right on this person, and the quarterback throws a duck, and the receiver gets completely obliterated, and then they call a illegal hit by the defender. It's like, no, how about that quarterback should never throw that football, and we have a different game. It's just It seems a little unfair to me because then the defense has to play the middle of the field so differently and it basically just opens the middle of the field up for the offense because you can throw the football no matter what. It's like, 
I don't know. It just it really it really grinds my gears no, when I'm I see some you, of those, man, and, and I don't want to see them get hurt. I get that, but but there I don't know. I I don't know what the answer would be, but it, it just like I feel for the defense there, where like that defender made a great read, and that receiver deserves to get blown up because it's the quarterback's fault. Like if the quarterback doesn't throw that, the receiver doesn't get hit. Like. There's just like I just see so many yeah. of these like contested throws that you didn't used to see because back in the day you would get on a stretcher from some of those throws and now they happen yeah. every game and it just it kind of grinds my gears a little bit because it just seems a little cop outish I don't know. Yeah, they're trying to uh, two things. I have two thoughts on that. One, they're trying to just eliminate that play altogether, Ian, where that safety doesn't even touch him and it makes it impossible because DK Metcalf is six four, two forty, and runs faster than a train. And you have to hesitate when he comes over the middle so you don't hit him illegally on accident. So that makes it impossible for the defense. And two, they are um, they are just making it a point of emphasis that even if it's this incidental, consequential, like they need at the point of the football, if you do it, you're flagged. So they're just trying to get people to think, like, if I make this play, I'm probably going to get flagged, maybe fine, maybe thrown out. So I think over years they're building that point of emphasis just to eliminate it altogether. But I agree. It's not. It doesn't make the game as much fun. But I, I understand why they do it. Yeah, me too. Um, it's just more so. Then, I just. I, I just can get. I give Alec, can I give Alec credit on something real quick? Yeah. From from the pod with Tom, the DK Metcalf rundown, and you and I texted about this when it oh, happened yeah. too. Um, I showed it to me. I go, "This is the Terminator," and she goes, "What?" I go, "Watch this man in the dark because he has the dark visor, and he robo sprints." <laughs> like it was. We watched it like eight times. I've watched it myself ten times. One of my favorite moments of the year so far. Um, truly, it's just a superhero. The memes that came out of that were hilarious. Real life superhero. Um, he's a specimen. And, and, and I'm sure you just enjoyed watching him play football, especially in Seattle. That's awesome. But that was one of my favorite moments. And then my, my favorite moment so far has been week one, Joey Burrow. Um, running 20 yards up the middle for his first NFL touchdown against the Chargers. Um, all the hype around him, all the people saying, like, he's not going to stay, or he's going to stay at LSU, so the Bengals don't pick him, he's going to hold out. And that was just a fun, like, he's here, he's arrived, and he had a, a fun, it was a fun moment for me as a Bengals fan. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, we'll touch on the Bengals here in a second. Um, before I forget about it, though, is I didn't realize that Julio did something very similar a few years back. Did you know that? Yeah, he did. I, I've seen that video. Yeah. It wasn't impressive because Julio DK Jones. has like 40 pounds on Julio, it looks like. <laughs> but like still, I just I thought that like it was almost like a passing of the torch that moment. I don't know. When you put the clips next to each other, I saw something on Twitter where the clips were next They're to identical. each other. Yeah. And it was like these are like the only two players to do it. It's just like, man, if he if he has yeah, any any Julio of the heart of Julio. Of a sprinter, a sprinter kind of gate body and dk is like a, a a cinder block that moves faster than it should yeah like just, he lo- he makes most... it look more like exceptional where it's just like what the fuck this doesn't how make does sense. that body move that quick and julio's like that's just a pure athlete sprinting who's also i mean julio's himself but you know what i'm saying so, yeah no and, and yeah. to the Bengals, i mean that run sure holy shit is joe burrow throwing the football yeah he's, it's been a lot of fun to watch him play um do we want to is that us transitioning into our? Ooh, our no, it's not a, actually. We're it's, doing a big point, yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to hit on a few more surprises in the NFL okay, real quick. Sure. Um, one, I mean, one that I think glares out is the Patriots. Holy shit! I mean, it's 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 really interesting because same for the Bucks. The Bucks look 
it's almost like they both really got hurt from splitting. Like the world wanted to either know, was it Belichick or Brady? And the Bucks are six and three. They definitely have more weapons. I mean, give Brady or give Cam one of the weapons that, you know, um, Tom's throwing to right now with Godwin, um, Mike Evans, even Gronk. But, um, you know, I feel like the whole world wanted to know, was it Brady or Belichick? And there really is no answer right now. But what there is an answer for is that the Patriots are probably not making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, they'll have to stream together some games. They do have a, a softer schedule coming up after they have Baltimore Sunday night this week, and then they have a softer schedule. Um, you're talking to a Cam owner who's just desperate for points, so I, I looked at his schedule. Okay, and but, if they lose to the Ravens, they're 3-6, and six, so they're going to have to yeah. maybe lose one more game because the Dolphins are 5-3 and three and the Bills are definitely clinching. So, yep. yeah, and, and the Dolphins won four in a row. So it doesn't look good for him, but yeah, the Patriots are a good call out. They've been dinged up a little bit um, with the, in the weapons department, and not like Sony Michelle and Nikhil Harry and Edelman gets you all excited, but Edelman especially is a—he's definitely like a, a glue guy and, and a leader in an offense of like he just—he's very very well versed in that offense. So I think him contributing what he does would impact other players more too, and they're missing him. So. Um, yeah, man, it's it's fun. Uh, Maeve is it's funny. Maeve's a huge Patriots fan. Absolutely loves them, and so we watch a little bit together. More Patriots than I care to watch, and um, it's been you know it's been it's tough to watch. It looks like it physically hurts Cam Newton to throw the football. Like when you see him heave it with his whole right shoulder, I don't yeah. know if you watch his throwing motion. He's so inaccurate, like man. He, it looks like he's shot putting the ball, and it looks painful. And then. You know, combine that with just the ineptitude of the skill players. It's that offense is, it's kind of like watching the Bears. Like a Bears Patriots game would put me to sleep. It's just those. It's just very, very slow and boring, in my opinion. Completely agree. The other flop for me, or not flop, but surprise. Um, and I because I did do a pod earlier this year with Alec on kind of over unders and wins. The Steelers are eight zero. I mean, and not yeah. only are they 8-0, like, they haven't looked in contention yet this year. Like, they've had close games. I disagree. Really? Yeah, I disagree. With you that. think they've had the, too the easy Ravens. of a schedule? No, 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 no. They're a great team. I would take I would take the Chiefs over them and no one else. I'm not saying oh, okay. they're, a, they're a great team. I said, and, and I disagree with the contention. They look sloppy against Dallas. Um, I think it's because they didn't get excited for that. And then... Baltimore, yes, their defense caused Lamar to turn over, I think, four times. But Baltimore was leading that game by, I think, 10 points late in the third, early fourth. So that game, that was still very much a football game. You're right, you're right. The Steelers, they're very good. Their defense is elite. I'm telling you, Big Ben is going to put them in a bad place against a team that will capitalize late in January, a.k.a. the Chiefs or even the Ravens. I think he's a little bit of a liability, which sounds crazy Mm. because he's Big Ben. But he's old, he doesn't move great, and he throws. He's good for one really bad interception a game. And I think against a very good team, that could hurt them. They can't run the ball well. I got in an argument with Bill over this. They can't. They don't run the ball that well. Um, and they're very, very contingent on that on that um, defense, which they should be. It's a great defense. But like I said, if I'm picking AFC finals championship game, it's Chiefs, it's Chiefs Steelers right now. I'm just saying, be wary of Big Ben. That's their downfall. This defense is elite with the Steelers. Like, this is, in my mind, one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time. Like, maybe in the in, in the last five years. 
Um, yeah, they only have to rush. They only have to rush four. Like their guys just get to it and lock get home all the time. They win all the time, and they've even lost a very like Devin Bush is an insane player. They lost him, and they just kind of fill him in with this this guy that's just flying. I don't even know the kid's name flying around the ball making plays. So um, they got a good chance, man. It's gonna be uh, you got to go toe to toe with Mahomes the next ten years in the AFC. So yeah, people got to figure out how to deal with that because I still take the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to take the Chiefs. It's just, and it's tough because the schedule hurts them the most in terms of I just think they haven't played great teams. But the Steelers, I've watched them also more than I care to for the past like seven years because of Marco. Um, And I've said to multiple people, Marco told me before this season started, this is the most excited he's been since he was a kid for for a Steelers team. And he listed off all the reasons why, and almost all of them were defense. Um and and the more you watch this team, it's it's truly insane how good they are. Um, yeah, just good. I just like you said, I just feel like they don't get up for a lot of games. Um, but there ain't no. So I don't know. I don't want to go too much further. But I know we have a few Steelers fans, and I'm sure Bill. Um, forget about fantasy. You've, you've got an eight no Steelers team, so at least you can. Uh, yeah, you can't that. run the football, Bill. Though, and if you want to debate that further, I would. I mean, I could debate it because I've sent Bill about forty trade offers for James <laughs> Conner. I have begged and pleaded. I have sent him every team, every player on my team, an offer, and he just won't do it. Um, do you have any other winners um, before we try to call a Super Bowl? Um, no, I mean, no one I want to call distinctly. Not really. Um, I, Super Bowl call, AFC, NFC. So your your Chiefs, I feel like you you've said that. Is that where you're yeah, going with absolutely. for the for the AFC? Absolutely, the Chiefs from the AFC. I've wavered on the I've wavered on the NFC a little bit. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I, I know Tampa looked like dog shit against New Orleans. They did, and New Orleans has swept Tampa, so this may be. But it's Tom Brady in the playoffs, playing mm-hmm. in Florida, so I like that. And their defense is really really good still. Um, so I like the I like the Bucks out of the NFC. I was flirting with the um, the Seahawks because I think their defense can get a little better with Jamal Adams coming back. But and Russell Wilson, I just don't want to bet against him. But I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, fucking years with the Chiefs winning. Wow. I'm I'm Chiefs as well. And and on your Seahawks point, this defense is so bad historically bad 25 against the falcons 30 against the patriots so this is defense like what they've let up 31 against the cowboys 23 against the dolphins 26 against the vikings 37 against the cardinals 27 against the niners 44 on the bills like it's it's been really rough it's been awesome to watch russell just ball out but from yeah from like a a you want a crazy stat that highlights what their the lack of their defense even more i they're they are trending to let up a thousand more pass yards, a thousand more Ooh. pass yards in a season than anyone else ever has ever in the history of the NFL. Teams are throwing for just below 400 yards against them a game. Think about that for a second. Truly remarkable. Like Josh Allen had, Josh Allen had like 290 in the first half against them, and he's Josh Allen. So they're um, they they just can't stop the pass. So I think who do you think in the Super Bowl? Chiefs and who? I think the Steelers are going to be in the Super Bowl. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I, I really do. I think I think that I think it was last year, right? Um, that offsides call against the Chiefs. That was last year, right? In my two years ago, is that two years ago? 
Um, and they came back against the Niners in an incredible fashion. Like they did get it done. Um, I just think that, and this is going to sound awful, but as strong as they are in the regular season, I think they're weaker as a playoff team. Um, I mean, again, I'm going uphill here. So obviously they are the strongest team. Um, so the NFC, all the flops, we could just say the NFC East. It's been unbelievable. I haven't even really watched a full Eagles game yet. I can't bring myself to do it. Like, even if they make the playoffs, I really don't give a shit. Um, I think the Packers. I think the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, if they can have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones healthy, the, the question would be their defense. I don't know enough about their defense. But um, if it literally, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, why did he just absolutely he him up for like two forty and three? <laughs> oh Jesus, that makes sense. Yeah, they've yeah. never really had. I mean, you haven't heard much about their defense, but Aaron Rodgers feels like he's on the revenge tour. Like that's what it feels like. Um, with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones healthy, I just don't know how you stop this team. Like that's all like he it. needs yeah. to get down the field. No joke. And I'm sure Alec loves that. So with that, um, I think that it's going to be Packers Steelers. Um, and I believe that was a rematch from like twenty something, right? Oh jeez, you're testing my. When Rogers won his lone Super Bowl, I don't think it was against Pittsburgh, was it? Packers Steelers. Thirty. The Packers defeated the Steelers thirty-one twenty-five in February of twenty eleven. So that's yeah, that's Rogers' lone Super Bowl against the Steelers loss. That's so I think I think we might see that again. I, I, I could see it happen. Wouldn't surprise me. Nice. I like the pick. Yeah, I mean, I didn't blow anyone away with the Chiefs pick, so we'll see. So that's what I got, and uh, now we can get on to some of the more juicy stuff. Um, a little hot debate here. So I want to get your opinion on this one. Burrow versus Herbert. <laughs> and I want to yeah. know who's better on their team, and also fantasy-wise, if you were to start a keeper league, who are you going? Okay, yeah, I mean, everyone knows who's being who's talking here, so I have a strong disposition towards Burrow, but <clears throat> fantasy dynasty-wise, I would say... How do I not say Burrow for every answer? I'm sorry. I just I can't, I can't <laughs> get past it. So here's... Honestly, I've thought about this a, a little bit. Here's my thought. Is Burrow is... What Burrow does is built long, for better long-term success. He's very... He's very poised in the pocket. He can command the offense. He can read the defense and make decisions. And he's deadly between 10 and 19 yards. He's the most accurate passer in the NFL between, like, intermediate throws, 10 to 19 yards. And that's above, like, Drew Brees who can't throw it past 20 yards. Wait, is that an actual statistic, or is that just a read? No, intermediate throws, yeah. PFF, Pro Football Focus, tracks it. And Joe Burrows is number one. So he... He is. He's just, Wait, that's he remarkable, that. actually. What? So, I think Burrow for long-term success is a better option. Like, if I'm starting a franchise, I want Burrow. Um, but what Burrow doesn't have, Herbert does, and Herbert's has got this huge arm. Like when the ball, it looks like the ball is a baseball in his hands, and yes. when he throws it and lines it up, it looks like it's like Mahomes adjacent the way it just flies through the air. So he's got the more like the, the raw talent, he's got the height. He's a, I think he's more athletic. And he's got that arm. So uh, Herbert's the quote unquote like sexier pick, and he has a. I think he's going to be more volatile through his career. Yeah. 
Him and Mike Williams are a match made in heaven. Holy shit. Imagine Mike Williams going from Phillip Rivers to yeah. Herbert. Yeah, in terms of like a dynasty fantasy league, I mean, they're both great options. I'm, of course, going to go with Burrow again. Um, it's really, both organizations are kind of similar, too, which is funny. Like, do you really trust either organization to make good decisions and protect those assets and, like, sign the players they need to sign? Probably not. You know, like the Chargers and the Bengals. So, um, I'll just go with my guy Burrow, but, I mean, I don't really argue with many people who, who would say Herbert. Herbert's been an awesome surprise. He's a lot of fun to watch, and um, he's a reason I, I think Romali has a very strong chance at making a deep run here. Do you think uh, T. Higgins is going to stay for a while? Yeah, yeah, that's our that's going to be our guy for a bit. He loves, so he, he grew up a Bengals fan. He wears 85 because of Chad Ojasinko. He, I think that if him and Burrow and Zach Taylor can create a culture down there that's fun to be a part of, and they just got to start winning games, right? So if they can do that, I think he's there. Yeah. Him, him and Boyd together, uh, you know, if they can add a third, if they can add a third weapon, I mean, AJ is just AJ, but if they can add another third weapon in there, I mean, this Bengals team, if they can get a defense, could, could really do something here in the next few years. Here's truly. my here's my comp, and I've said this before. It is the Cardinals. If so, Kyler Murray, number one overall pick, they won like six games his rookie year. The Bengals have a very real chance to win six games, and people might laugh at that, but the back half of our schedule is very easy. We play three NFC East teams, so that's fun. And then, including the Cowboys, Giants, and Redskins. We've already played the Eagles and tied them. And then secondly, um, the defense, we have an all-pro safety in Jesse Bates. He might win it this year. He's been amazing. And we're, we're putting an emphasis on getting talent in on the defensive line. So I, I compare him to the Cardinals. Cardinals won six games last year. I'd love the Bengals to win that. And then we're going to have a really, really dynamic offense next year, hopefully, with a defense that leaves a little bit to be desired, kind of like the Cardinals. So that's what I'm hoping for. I think we'll have a top 10 pick again this year and hopefully draft some. Uh, some and just to take it one step further, who do you want? Not player-wise, but if you had to pick a position that your team needs to fill. Uh, I want a, a very strong like offensive tackle. Or a, a dynamic like linebacker. So think of like Devin Bush for the Steelers. That's yeah. or a Roquan Smith for the Bears. Those types of players. That's what I want. I want someone that can just cover people and, and attack the ball. Because um, they they're like a they're like a strong left or right back in soccer. They just erase a lot of mistakes when you have someone that athletic that can run around. That's they a erase comparison. a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And that's what we need. Sorry for the soccer reference. I know that I got a lot of <laughs> people but already I tuned think, out. I think Tom and Tom and Alec and some others would might appreciate you appreciate it. Let's just good. So what about fantasy wise? What's going on with your team this year? Oh, where to start, man? It is so my team motto: NCWH. No one cares. Work harder, and I've really tried to stick to that. And I haven't worked this hard in fantasy football in <laughs> years. It has been pain strikingly difficult and it has been so so hard to string together even a semblance of a team um i've pretty much made peace with you you have to have one of these three and i haven't had any of them you have to have a good draft i didn't have and that's my own fault you have to get um lucky with injuries which i very few have except you ian you don't have very many and then you have to have dumb luck like tom hensley tom hensley's had some injuries he drafted okay and then he's just 
a six and a three and is in like the bottom four. Yeah, he beat me like seventy-one to sixty-four. Right. So you need one of those three things to work. And in my opinion, I didn't draft well. I have been bitten by the injury bug quite a bit, which no one wants to hear anyone complain about that because it happens to most people. And then I'm just not getting lucky. Like I'm, I'm just—it's just one of those years, man. Like you, you look and you get an update, and someone's out. Like I haven't had a. My running backs played 10 snaps together last week. Like, two guys played 10 snaps. Wait, really? Justin Jackson got injured on the first play left, and David Johnson got a concussion with 10 minutes left in the first <laughs> oh quarter. God. Like, those guys, even if they played, I still lose to Alec. But that's been the season. I just get an update. Yeah. I'm like, yep, that makes sense. So, it's been tough, man. We're going to keep scrapping. Um, we're going to, you know, Alec and Tom touched on it. I had Burrow in there. Just, like, have fun with it. Go roll my guys out there. I want to watch and have fun playing. I actually pivoted away from him because I can't throw him to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense against a winnable matchup against Fez. But, yeah, man, you have to have one of those three things, dumb luck, injury help, or um, draft well. And so other people's credit, um, you know, people have been bitten by injuries, but they drafted well, had good waiver claims, and, and they brought him back up. So we're going to we're gonna keep scratching. I want to be a scrappy if I could be a scrappy... Dude, you still have a shot. There's a lot of shit that can happen. Yeah, I, my goal is to do what Alec, Alec did to me last year. I, obviously, Alec went and won the whole damn thing. But I was at the top looking down, and, and I was like, I have the best team ever. I want to be the team that comes in at like 5-7 and seven and just to ruin someone's year. That's my goal. Because I don't really think my team has the legs to make a run if it even gets to the playoffs. So, yeah, it's been tough, man. Not a good year for me. It's been a humbling experience. Well, welcome to my life. Uh, I just think I do a lot of those things that you just said. <laughs> Draft poorly. <laughs> Poor waiver claims. Um, and I think yeah, so what's funny is we, I, we're only separated by 50 points. Um, but, I mean, I honestly, yeah. in fantasy, I know that sounds little, but over nine games now, you're still talking about a seven roughish point spread per game, which is still pretty big in fantasy. So I know people say, oh, 50 points. But yeah, well, 50 points is actually kind of a lot in my mind. Um, but, you know, you're up there in points four. I mean, it's not like you're in last. I mean, you're you're middle, middle of the road. I'm middle of the pack. I'm like seventh, I think. Oh, you're Seven crushing Dan. You, you've got Dan by, by 50 points. Um, yeah, Dan. So I need Dan and Fez. Like, Dan and Fez are the two guys I got to catch. And I keep, I'm going to keep Bill and Chris and um, who else behind me. That's it. Bill and Chris behind me. I need to catch Dan and Bill. So, or, <clears throat> I, I forget who. But, yeah, I, I just think you have to. I drafted two years ago. Like, I'm going to win the championship. That's what I want to do. And this year, I just drafted scared. I got I panicked. Mixon was there at eight. Kamara was there at eight. And That's like, rough. I, my, brain, my brain broke. That one will yeah, stick with you. I went with the court. Oh, I, I, I still think about it often. I, I went with the quote-unquote safe pick. And really, if you're trying to win, you pick Kamara, you beg, you 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 trust that he gets a contract and his back's fine, and you watch him dominate. And then Spears, I I think about this too. He took Kyler Murray the pick before I wanted him. Oh, we just lost Gertz. The call failed. We'll get him back. Must be pretty rough there in Chicago. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. You're back. Call dropped. Okay. Can we continue or do we have to reset? No, yeah, we're all good. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know where I cut out, but I mean, the guys, like, 
the guys I thought would be good just didn't turn out to be great. Um, I targeted, like, Marquise Brown as a great example. Alec targeted Stephon Diggs in the same round, like he said, and look at the difference. So, yeah, um, you got Metcalf right around there. Like, people made good picks. I didn't make – you have to have – you have to have some good picks, and I just didn't have them this year. So, and Tom, like Tom's beating me in trades. That, that's how you know it's just, it's not. It's not I do year. believe in the rule of averages at some point, where it's like, yeah. you know, if you made five out of five bad picks this year, next year the rule of averages says that you're gonna, the odds of you getting something at least relatively good are a lot better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's just how I get by in life, I guess. Like, if something shit no, I, goes I, wrong, I'm just like, I hey. Don't, I don't hate that rationale at all, and I'm I'm going to keep scrapping and clawing. I think, again, I've made the most – I usually am up there in moves made. I've made 48. The next closest is my brother at 44. Weren't you that so last year, though, too? Yeah, yeah. So the Gertz boys – I think you just man. like uh, like before bed you spend 45 minutes just scrolling through the ESPN app and just tinkering with uh, your team. You might not be wrong. You might not be wrong. But yeah, I, I'm always going to I'm always going to scratch and claw and you know, hopefully I can I can start to string some wins together and sink into the playoffs and I learned the thing I learned last year is that you just got to make it. Make it in those playoffs and then see what happens and that's what I want to try and do. I'm rooting for you. Why not? Why not you, right? Why not? Sure, why not? NCWH. Um, so what about just in general in fantasy? Um, what are some busts that you've noticed so far? Any any busts? Busts as, as players? Yeah, just players-wise. Like, anything that's really yeah. stood out to you? And this, yeah, this sucks to say because I, I told him near and dear to my name, my team after him, his charity, or what he does. Lamar Jackson has been probably has, has killed a lot of a lot of people they took him in the second round and what is he the quarterback 13 like Alec has Herbert as a free agent and he's and he's better than Lamar this year and it's been really really bad from fantasy and watching him throw the football to try and um hit Marquise Brown I'm sure you've watched with Mark Andrews and like he is not the same guy this year um and he's really really struggling so I think he's been a, a pretty a pretty big bust um and then I'm trying to think of guys outside of injuries because we've had the first round I could rattle off I think you rattle off six names that have killed people from injuries that have absolutely been brutal so um, I'm trying to think of who's who else has been a really well I think one that's been just a victim of a situation well well Saquon obviously um, but for players that are playing Zeke I think is one that for Tom I mean just with Dak going down I, I knew Dak would do you know would, would hinder the offense a lot. I did not realize the level of which Zeke needs Dak. Like, Zeke is non-existent on this football team. Like, I, it's bad. Like, I, Zeke, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, he, he just, the defense just has to play Zeke and then maybe yeah. put a safety over top for a few receivers. Like, <laughs> Zeke is fucked. Like, there's no doubt about it. And I think that, like, his best is already behind him and, like, he, he's going to keep dropping and dropping. And, like, maybe somebody puts a buy low in on him for Tom, but I think Tom's just going to hope that he can get back to where he was and the Cowboys can figure it out because his value is so low right now that any offer you're going to get is probably not what you're looking for. I agree. I agree completely. And it, it just it sucks. It's a shitty situation because of an injury. And then I think another bust 
of someone who hasn't been injured, and it's just they've been. It's Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans has been like you draft him late second, early mm-hmm. third, um, and I mean he's been saved, and that's what he does. He catches touchdowns for like a one yard touchdown too. It's right. just that bullshit. Like, he had a week. It was like two for two and two. Two mm-hmm. catches, two yards, two touchdowns. So he's been really bad um, for fantasy, and and that's like one of those early picks that I think is going to hurt people a lot. Um, but outside of like, I can't think of anyone that's. But, oh, and then my brother. I guess he got bailed out with an injury, technically. But Kenyon Drake has been was dismal. Was yeah. absolutely, absolutely horrible. Um, I'll, you can throw Mixon in there too. Like Mixon's been pretty bad compared to where you want where you drafted him. Um, so it goes back to my my draft woes. But um, you know, big big bust. I think is Lamar is a pretty easy one to point out. Um, and if you're talking in our league, no one should have drafted him this high, but Zach Ertz. Still yeah. Inexcusable when it happened. Second round draft pick. Inexcusable when it happened, and then it's just been reinforced by what's happened this year. But at the time, I don't think of that as a bust necessarily because it was it was just horrible from the beginning. So in my head, he wasted that pick already. Um, just inexcusable, Bill. That's why you're in the last. I mean, I don't know if he wasted it at the time, really, but I, I can get behind at least just – Second round's a little bit too high. Um, I don't Did know. Did he take him over Kelsey? Or am I? Am I no, no, no. Three? Alec got him okay. in the first round. Um, oh, sorry, not Kelsey. Sorry. Um, yes. Uh, Kittle. Anyone? Oh, he might have actually. I don't, I don't know, know, but Bennett has Kittle. I think he took him. Um, no, Bennett would have taken Kittle first. But regardless, bad pick. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I think I think you know people have had some pretty good years outside of injuries. One of the players that, and he may turn around here, that I've had my eye on as bust is Jonathan Taylor. Um, just when Marlon Mack went down in the beginning of the year, and he just didn't live up to the hype. Like, John, John Taylor was like the guy, the bell cow, like, you know, getting some touches, getting some yards. He has averaged a, just abysmal yards per carry. Um, Marlon Max out and there's no one to be seen. And Jordan Wilkins is now the sixth rated, most elusive running back by PFF. Like they're starting to put him in more like Wilkins or, um, Taylor's getting the third down work. He's getting the goal line work, but he just like, something's going on in Indianapolis. And I know Alec is smelling it because it's just, something's not right. Um, and he's not a bust necessarily, but for a minute there oh, at the beginning yeah. of the year, he had top five potential is what people were trying to talk, like, you know, talk him up Absolutely. to. Um, and I, I and he now he's a to, RB2. He, he's a lock RB2. Like, that's all he is. Um, yeah, I think I think that it shocked a lot of people. When Marley Mack went down, we all collectively said, okay, great, Alec is getting. Like, I thought in my head he has a top ten running back. I really did. I thought that. And Jonathan Taylor from, if you – Look at it as an RB one lens. He's been he's been bad, um, and definitely a disappointment. He just hasn't looked good. Um, Phil Rivers said in the post game injury he might not be healthy all the way. Um, so we'll see if he can if he can get healthy and, and, and go on a little run here. But and then one more bust that popped into my head is Lev Bell. Oh yeah. I mean he was drafted and I think Dan took him in the fourth. So but he is washed. Like even watching with Kansas City, the guys he's. Like Ian, you should be. I think you should be comfortable with Clyde C C A E H. Like 
Love Bell just looks, he looks um, old. He looks kind of slow. I mean, I know he's not. Dude, he's got like 15 yards on 10 carries. Yeah, he didn't look good. So, um, Love Bell, I think, is in that category, too. Kittle and Ertz went back-to-back. So, Kittle, then Ertz. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, I still think I still think it was bad at the time. No, and, and yeah, I mean, I I was going to sell Clyde, and now I think I'm holding on for just, I think he still has a pretty good floor. Like, Andy Reid's going to get him the ball and see what he can do. Like, I, I think it's almost, he's, Andy Reid is someone who's so fucking hard to read. Um, I played the Damian Williams game last year, and now I'm on the Clyde game, but I definitely feel more comfortable with Clyde. I mean, Lev is on a, minimum contract and just, I mean, these are pro coaches. Like they're evaluating them for their current talent, not seeing what they were before. So Andrew Reed's not going to sit there and, and play someone just because they used to be good at football. Um, so right. I completely agree. I feel I'm not out of the clear. I mean, Lev Bell could still do a lot, but overall it's more, my biggest concern is, is Pat Mahomes ever going to not throw the fucking football? He has thrown the football so much this year. It's insane. Like, some games, they run it, like, 12 times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, so why why not? Yeah, and I'm sure Joe is enjoying that. Yeah, so, I think that's a, I think that's a, a fair shake on the bus, though. I don't, I don't really have anyone that sticks out to me other than that. And I, you know, we're at 45 minutes, we're still doing good, we can go for another 15, 20, 25 here, but... I do want a few booms, and I'm just going to talk on my first a quick roster base. DK Metcalf, go. holy yeah, fucking go. shit. I love it. Go. Like, you people, I'll, people, I'll please. I, I hope that you have seen – I know people have seen a highlight reel, but please just watch a Seahawks game. Like, I know Lockett goes off for some of his great stat lines. DK Metcalf, his performance week in, week out, I remember people telling me because he literally had like 95 and one for the first four weeks that he was going to drop off. He had a three point game of which they called back a touchdown run of like 40 yards that would have then put him back up at like that 15 to 18 range. That's what he's good for. He's pretty much guaranteed a 40 yard touchdown run every game. Just by the way, the Seahawks play. He's awesome to watch, man. He's a fucking Marvel. I don't, I mean, there's real. I mean, if you've watched him play, you understand. And he just commands the field. It's honestly more so for my roster. I just think I'm happy for DK Metcalf, man. Like he was getting shit on at the combine. He was supposed to be a top draft pick. And then people were like, he failed the combine. He doesn't look good. He can't run routes. And now he's legit a wide receiver one in the NFL. And people are struggling to guard him. Like, that's my take on him is actually just that for some reason, the NFL decided that they could write him off well, and this dude's a was? tank. Do you know what it was? And people are like, this is like if Bill was a scout for the NFL. <laughs> it was like, he had a historically bad three cone drill. Like he had a like Tom Brady level of speed, historically bad three cone drill. And people are like, this guy is big and fast. And if he runs in a straight line, he's good. And you know what? When you're, the one percent of the one percent of the one percent, and you're big and fast. Then you know what? Running in a straight line is going to work out for you. Because he took that like last weekend, he took that slant. Did a, he went backwards around the defender and then took the sideline and out. Yeah. Like he is like I, I'm trying to. I think you know how I feel about your team in general, and we'll get to that later. But I'm trying to let you just talk all day about Metcalf because he is he has been that special. Like he's he's up there for like a fancy like MVP type. 
Um, I think I, I have two more that are just <clears throat> so someone that drafted as bad as I did. Like I'm envious of some waiver wire moves people have made. James Robinson. James Robinson is absolutely the gem. There's Dude. always one. It was, it was James Conner when Love Bell held, held out, and then it was <clears throat> um, Philip Lindsay. Remember, Spears got him week one, and he was a running back like 15 yep. the rest of the year. He was great. He was free, basically. And then James Robinson, like Joe's Joe credit, he picked him up. And, and it was that free absolutely. fucking waiver claim, man. I don't know how we can avoid that to let people gamble on it, but... Joe just was the first person to get that alert yeah. and hopped right in and picked. Yeah, Joe, Joe always Joe does that great. too. And he's been he's been really good. And then Travis Fulgham is in that category as well. Um, he's been like the wide receiver nine since yeah. he came out his first week. He's been like a wide receiver nine, and Fez got him. So kudos to you, Fez. It, we'll see with and that. Then, uh, uh, Rieger's coming back. There's a lot of people coming back. Um, yeah. But but for the time being, that was a huge lifeline for Fez. I think James Robinson is by far and large. The best waiver wire pickup. I mean, it it opened up Joe's team to making all these trades. Is what it really did. He literally got a free running back one. Yep. And I'll say so in terms of like MVPs, like uh, Dalvin Cook. I know it's an obvious pick, but holy shit, he is when he's playing. He's averaging twenty nine points a game. He's averaging twenty nine points a game. I love. Everyone knows how I feel about Dalvin Cook. I just absolutely love the guy. He's the best running back in football. Um, and he is he is just different. The way he moves on that field is different. And it's it's not a it's not a DK Metcalf kind of different. His his like elusiveness, his agility and his lateral speed is, is elite. It's like Kamara level elite. And then um Stephon Diggs, I'll give I, again I I've given Romali a lot of credit here, but Stephon Diggs has been a phenomenal pick. Um, and is really, really awesome with Josh Allen. He's about as safe as it gets from just a guy that goes out there. Like, Stephon Diggs is 7 for 97 for, like, 107 and 1 every week, and he's just been a great, great player. Mm, yeah, I mean, all those are good calls. Um, notice, the thing that blows my I mind is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is, is averaging – hold on. Dalvin Cook is averaging the third most points per game in the NFL, period. Including quarterbacks, yeah, there you go. it goes yeah. Kyler, Russell, Dalvin. Like that's insane. Oh, we didn't even talk about Dalvin or, or excuse me, or Kyler or Russell. Um, insane. I mean, Russell. Russell's also on the MVP tour, but damn, I I do like hearing Spears say how a saucy because that man's saucy. He just dude. What is there left to say about Kyler other than he's outpacing Lamar set a record for fantasy points ever, and he's outpacing Lamar this year. Like what? Else, what else is he's gonna be the first player? To throw for four thousand yards in a season and rush for a thousand plus ever. And I hate to say it this way, but man, Lamar is kind of getting shafted on the offensive end. Like Andrews is good and Marquise Brown, and maybe it's just Lamar not playing well. But like, Kyler Murray was a rookie. They had a rough first year. They get some draft picks, and then they go get D Hop. Like that is how you rally around your rookie who's coming into his second year. You know what? Like I don't know. It just. Holy shit! Him and him and DeAndre Hopkins are linked at the hip when they play. Yeah, they are. Well, except last week, but I digress. Yeah, D Hop's like <laughs> the only guy. D Hop's like literally, and this is a sad. Woe is me statement. He's the only guy I look forward to watching on my team this year. Like when he's on the field, I'm like that. That's fun, and um, that's pretty much the only like bright spot I had. And can I defend myself from Alec and Tom on the pod? Tom got the better of me in that trade, but let it be known, I got Devin Singletary from that trade 
put him with Cooper Cup and got DeAndre Hopkins. So it ended up working out for me. Ooh. Um, I just like I just like to say that because they were rightfully so saying I got fleeced there, and I did. But it it I it didn't end up being horrible. The only good thing I've done this year is handcuff, mix in with Bernard, and then trade for D Hopkins. Those are my two good things I've done. That's it. That's the end of the good things I've done this year in fantasy. <laughs> And that's like having Gio Bernard on my bench is the only one of the only good things I've done this year. Hmm. So, well, Dalvin's definitely the the front runner, and and there there's been a lot of really good players though. I mean, without covering too many, um, but from from boom and bust, I think James Robinson's a big one. I think DK. I mean, he drops thirty points in a game, and and I, just cheap value, right? Like Devontae Adams is a first round pick, um, still awesome when he pops off like that, but. You know you're paying a premium for it, whereas someone like DK is just a little bit cheaper. And and Dalvin, honestly, right. for where he was drafted, still is kind of there was a lot of running backs that aren't doing that drafted in front of him. So, sure. so let's let's get into the the nitty gritty here of the actual league. Um, what I want to do here is I want us to pick our finals match and our semifinals, or at least the top four teams on who you think is going to be there at the end. Um, okay. we can go in any order you want, bottom to top, top to bottom, but I want you to rank one through four or four through one. Um, okay. I'll give some commentary and I'll give you my thoughts as well. Um, actually, you know what? Let's do it this way. Let's go bottom to top and we'll each give our own reads. So, okay, so you do four, with, I'll I do four. four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You do four, I'll do four. And then three, three, two, two, one, one. Hey, let me just, I'm making a mental list of who my four are here real quick. Hold on. Well, hey, I'll start here. I'll forward. start here. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, just conservatively put myself at number four. Um, oh, see, I, I, I really think, and I'm not, I'm done trading. I tried to, to tell some people what's going on with some of my receivers. Um, it all comes down to me. Um, by the way, David Montgomery has the second most broken tackles in the NFL. If he can stay healthy and the Bears can actually play football, he might be able to run. But yeah, um, do you know how many qualifying statements you just made to sell us on David Montgomery? No, no, no. it's not selling him. Sorry, my, my point here is I have elite <laughs> receivers at the end of the year. Um, Alan Rob- Tyler Boyd has the number one strength of schedule weeks fourteen through sixteen. Um, Allen Robinson. The Bears have number four strength of schedule, weeks 14 through 16. And then DK Metcalf is just DK Metcalf. With I mean, if the Seahawks are going to give up 30 points a game, they're going to have to start scoring points. Um, so to me, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, just given I'm, I'm six and three. And I think, yep. um, you know, I, I drafted two of my receivers for the playoffs and hoping I would just make it this far. Um, and it's looking to pan out. So I really think that, my contingency on why I think I could go up to number one is depending on how Clyde and David Montgomery look. Um, but my receivers and, and, and Aaron Rodgers alone can carry me to a win. I really think that. Um, so I think I'll be there, and that's all I need to say about it. And I love that you listed Tyler Boyd in your receiver core. He's been great. He's been insane, man. Burrow, and the best Burrow is yet to come. A, yeah, Burrow and him have a very strong connection. Him, him Burrow, and Higgins, that's a, a three-headed monster that's been really good for the Bengals this year. And you know what? We throw the ball a lot because we're often behind. So, um, you know, I, I get – you know my opinion on your team. You're not in my top four. Um, I can tell you the reasons why if you want. But my my top four, so my fourth person is actually going to be um, Lisher. So it's going to be Joe Lisher. Um, I think that his team, he traded – 
he got a lot of flack for trading Kamara because he's Alvin Kamara, but I do think he got fit, equivalent enough value to make it worth his time with um, AJ Brown and Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is someone who can't sustain what he what he's been doing because he's so touchdown dependent because he's been getting so many. But I go back to James Robinson um, as a huge addition. I think James Robinson is going to be great. Keenan Allen is just starting to ascend into what Keenan Allen's going to be. He has the with, second most targets in the NFL. He's not ascending. With Herbert. So I think I think Herbert and Keenan Allen training. A.J. Brown's getting healthy and back into form, and he has Patrick Mahomes. So I really like his team. And Julio lot. Jones, dude. And Todd oh, yeah, Gurley. Julio's in there. Julio so from me I, for I really fucking like David Montgomery team. and Juju. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really like his team a lot. Um, I agree. you got Mahomes. You have Julio, you have James Robinson, Keenan Allen. Like, it's a strong, strong team. Gurley's his second running back, and a lot of people would take Gurley as their RB1 right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I really like Joe a lot at four. Um, Agreed. I, I would put yeah. Joe at three. So, that's my three. Okay, yeah, you start with your... Yeah, I mean, Joe, Joe's my three. I mean, Wayne Gallman is not playing. I mean, he he's perfectly well-rounded. I think Joe's going to be... A contender this year, period. Like, there's really no other way to spin it. Um, it looks like he picked up Drew Brees. I dropped Drew Brees because he can't throw the football. Um, um, he's just filling It's a one-week film. No, I know, I know. So. Yeah, I just fuck Drew Brees. He did get me a win over you that one week, which was yeah. quite yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gee, I, I, I didn't remember that. Pain straight, pain, painful moment. So, uh, yeah, who do you have at number three, Gertz? Um, Speaking of, beer number three say, right here. I put myself as number no I'm kidding. Okay, so <laughs> Wait. I put <laughs> can you imagine? I put Andrew Bennett at number three. Um Bennett's team um is he's a example of what I said you can do, you have to do is draft well. He drafted phenomenally. Remember he had Mostert before Mostert went down. Um and he has Dalvin Cook. So think of, uh, think of um Mostert and <clears throat> Dalvin Cook as your one-two punch at the running back position with Tyler Lockett um, bringing up the rear. And then he, he unfortunately lost Kittle. But I like Bennett's team a lot. Um, simply put, he has Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the NFL right now. And we've seen the past three weeks, he can go out and win you a week whenever you want. And then he has Tyler Lockett, who is a ticking time bomb um, in fantasy. So those two guys, I think, are make him – making quite a strong case and we'll see what Cooper Cup can can get going here um Cooper Cup's gonna have to perform for him to do well and Deontay Johnson is someone I don't think you should look away from if he's healthy which is sometimes tough um he's a very good receiver and the the Steelers have been using him quite a bit so I like Bennett's team a lot so Bennett Bennett's team fell short for me um okay I think losing so Kittle. Swap. You had yourself in there, and I had Bennett. That's probably our swap. Yeah, and and I, I think losing Kittle is just really rough. And in the playoffs, Dalvin Cook has no joke, by far and large, three times more in opponents' rank. The hardest strength of schedule as a running back in the NFL in the playoffs. Yeah, he is, he is Tampa Bay, player. Chicago, New Orleans, four, eight, and yeah. one. The next closest yeah. average is fourteen. At nine twenty two and eleven, and it's Kamara. Um, so not saying that that I mean it's Dalvin Cook. He breaks, you know. He he. I mean that doesn't define him as a running back for sure. But um, just something to me where losing Kittle like that, 
Mostert's on the IR. I still, you can't just write those people in as coming back fully healthy. Um, And Deontay Johnson is so boomer bust that I don't know if this team is going to get that far. Um, That's fair. So, because, I mean, the week 14 is the first round of the playoffs and Dalvin Cook's going up against the Bucs who've been stopping the run pretty well. So that's just my thought. Um, Could very well be wrong, obviously, but um, that's just my thoughts. And I think think that... uh, it's going to struggle a little bit there. I like that. Um, okay, can I go with my number two? Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, it's going to be Little Man. Uh, I, I've i spoken highly about him a lot on this pod today, which is a little sickening. But um, he's been quietly, quietly, and I can't emphasize enough, quietly building a little empire over there. Um, he's got his two trophies, and he's sitting there, and his team is poised to make just another deep run. He's gotten very... Like I said, he, you have to have dumb luck and you have to have injury luck. I think he's had both of those things. Jonathan Taylor's been disappointing, but he had that backfield. Or he should have had that backfield to himself. Um, but Herb, he picked up Herbert. Herbert is scorching the earth right now, and I think it's going to continue. Kareem Hunt is about as safe as it gets as a, a solid, solid RB2 and then a, an upside RB1. And then he has Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, um, and Travis Kelsey. Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey are the two of the best at their position. It's not the best. You can argue the Devontae. You can't argue the Kelsey. Those two are in absolutely insanely good at football. And then you Devontae is definitely number one if he's healthy. Not, I, I think it's not even an argument, honestly. Yeah, and right, and that's that's fair. So His past Kelsey few weeks when he's healthy one. is 38, 27, 29. Like I, yeah, I was on that. I was on one of those. And then Stephon Diggs is like I said earlier, it's been a great pick and it's as safe as it gets. And then, by the way, he has running back depth in case he gets hurt. He, he does. Has I like that Kenyon Drake, Drake little sneakery in there. Yeah. That is, he's locked in Jordan Wilkins. And Kenyon Drake is someone who you just never know. And if he breaks just right in the playoffs, there's always one fucking running back or receiver who pops off in playoffs. And you always want to be holding one of those dark horses. And Kenyon Drake could very well be one of those. Yep, he's got a phenomenal team. Melvin Gordon's a nice depth piece, too. Um, and Alec has another very, very strong team, and he's ready to make a run. Um, I think, what is he? Is he? He's 5-4, and four, so um, he plays my brother this week. So sorry, Chris, but um, probably not going to end too well for you, Chris. I mean, he's making the playoffs. That's not a question yeah. with this team. Um, so it's, it's, it's looking good for a little man. Was that your number two? Um, it was just because I didn't want to deem him the winner. Um, but if I were to play devil's advocate, Melvin Gordon has been very inconsistent. Um, started off really strong and hasn't really had much go in the past few weeks. Um, cream hunt Chubb's coming back again. Hunt wasn't extremely impacted by Chubb, but definitely something to keep in mind. Jonathan Taylor's been struggling, and it's starting to look more like a 60-40 split. Um, Devontae Adams, Diggs, and Kelsey are locks, and so are Herbert. So here's the thing. Here's where it can really go wrong for Alec, though, is if one of those four has a bad game, he's done. Like, if, if, if the rest of his team lives up to right where they're at, which is middle of the road, and the big four, let's say even two of them shit the bed, it's over. Like, he's still... Herbert's a lock. Devontae's a lock. I just, I, you never know. I guess you just never know. What if, what, so, I don't know. How can you say Kelsey's not a lock? 
He is a lock. I know it's like, tough for me not I, to I, say I, that. I, I agree. Like the big four is a big lock. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate where yeah, he, he no, really no, has no, like a big four on his team. Like I just, I I'm think, not in love with Taylor and hunt. I'm just not. I think that the best is behind them. Um, knocking on wood to hope that's true. Um, and he's number two on me on mine for a reason. Like there's no doubt that yeah. he has a very good team. And if he wins three in a row, I think we all quit and start over. Like we used to do in FIFA. We just no, get a new no, trophy. No. Um, he made, Oh my god, I can't even. <laughs> and then it's the last dance. Like it's. I know. I can't he's, do it. He's got a he's got a good team, but it's not the number one team, and we all. So there's a jingle in the back of my mind that's la da 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 da. plug Tyreek Hill into this team it is true honestly the the big win on this team in my mind is Terry McLaurin he's lived up to his expectation and more he's pretty much all that they like it's just that's like obviously Kyler was a big win but Josh Jacobs is kind of a safe floor now Kamara's being Kamara again which is still a huge win like his players are still living up but and Tyreek Hill's playing well but when you get these great teams it's really more about who came out from the depth to be that elite player to really fill out your squad? And McLaren just fills this in where he's getting, he's getting like 22, 11, 17, 4. Okay, then 11, 18, 21. Like you're getting 16 from someone that, what was he probably drafted? Seventh round, sixth round? He was fifth round. So I just, I mean, I drafted DK fifth round, but like, but that's someone that, that definitely is exceeding expectations. Like if I were to go look at other receivers drafted in fifth round, they're not even close, right? He's he's wide receiver eleven. So if I'm looking at this, Will Fuller's also in there. Um, I think McLaurin's just a safer bet, but um, he just needs to figure out that tight end position. Um, but I don't even think he needs it. Like his team is that good. Yeah. It's definitely like you said. So like, holy. Can I um, can I talk to Spears directly here? Spears, if we had a video camera and I'd be looking at you. This team, and people don't want to hear me talk, but I'm like the old high school athlete who talks about the glory days. This team reminds me a lot of mine last year. You have the Lamar from last year, which is Kyler. You have two very good running backs. Mine were better. I had Zeke and Calvin. You have dominant <laughs> receiver depth, and you are the juggernaut, in my opinion. Your record doesn't reflect it because you've been beat up a little bit. You made the trade late. Now you're ready to go, but in my opinion, and Ian's and most of the league, you're the juggernaut. And you just need to brace yourself to maybe have, if you have a disappointing week, just get ready. I'm just saying, when you have these expectations, you need to mentally prepare yourself because I don't think I did a good job of that last year, and Alec put me in a dark, dark cloud. So I'm just talking to you as a friend. I'm looking out for you. Mentally prepare yourself like bad things could happen. 
you know, pray for everyone to be healthy um, and, you know, go get them. So I'm excited for it. I think, I think everyone listening to this will want Spears to win the title over, certainly over Alec and most people we listed. So, yeah. And, and it's still early is the thing, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I, everything you just said and more, um, but there is some stuff to be said about, you know, we're going into week nine here. There's still four weeks left. Um, a lot can happen. A lot can happen. A lot has already happened. Um, and who knows what injury bugs are going to bring. Certainly. Um, there's just a lot to figure out for the rest of the year. But what I do know is I hope that COVID stays out of it. Um, and I hope that we get to keep waking up on Sunday and watching these games because it's been quite phenomenal to watch. Um, I always enjoy my 10 a.m. Sunday football. I will, I will speak it from the rooftops. 10 a.m. football is should be everywhere. Um, it's way better than 1 o'clock. I love that. So that's pretty much all I have, Gertz. I wanted to pick a dark horse. If you have one, we can go on one. But I don't really have one, honestly. I think um, – if, if I'm looking at the standings, I, I don't know. I, I really don't, you know, I can't really pick one. It'd just be like a, a blind guess in the dark. Um, and, and who really knows? Um, wait, did you have OBJ? Who had OBJ? Oh, me. That's another injury. I forgot. I didn't, okay. I didn't even remember him. Yeah. He wasn't that great to begin with this year, but okay, still. So it's like icing on the cake. I say something? Because now we're just, this is like jazz. <laughs> it's like freeform jazz. Like we don't really have a plan anymore. So now we're just, we're just talking. Where are we going? I've I've had five straight weeks of players start and not finish the game. So I've had Odell, Mixon, Ridley, Jackson, and David Johnson. Five five players, four straight weeks. So, you know, that's just me complaining. I said no one wants to hear, but now you're listening to it. So, yeah, um, it's been it's been a tough year for injuries for everyone. But I just I had to I I couldn't not leave this pod without saying that. So I had to. Dark horse team though. I will throw Dan in there. Um, Dan's team's not good, but if I have to pick a dark horse team, I'm certainly not picking mine, my brother's, Tom's, or um, Bill's. Ink, Ink with Eckler coming back. No, no. Eckler's coming back from a horrible hamstring injury. I just don't think that's yeah, good for Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, Dan, so here's why I like Dan. He has Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has that ability to win him in, like, Dan could sneak in against a Spears as the one verse eight, and Aaron Jones could go for 40 and ruin Spears' life like he did with mine last year. That's what Aaron Jones can do. So Dan needs that to happen. He has Michael Thomas, who hasn't played much football this year. Um, Kenny Galladay, who hasn't played much football this year. And T. Higgins, who's been a nice, solid flex play. And then yeah. he has um, Josh Allen, who can pop too. So, again, I don't really like him that much. And Claypool, yeah. I don't love his team, but they've been banged up. He's managed to keep them at he's five and four. So yeah, he's very much. In the he's high. definitely probably going to be in the playoffs. Um, but he's a dark horse guy. I like he's got players that can pop off and players who have been hurt. So I mean, don't don't count Mr. Dan out at all. And at if, all, if so. I were to predict a loser, it's Bill Stevenson. Um, and sure. and I do just yeah. want to throw something out there real quick. I do have a GoPro that we can put on a mount hidden in a tree somewhere. And if Bill were to lose. I've said it in the group me, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious to set up a booth and see if he how much money he can raise in like an hour reading people's fortunes and decorating this booth with like him in a big hat and like a bunch of tarot cards and shit 
and he just has to make it all up and try to figure out how to read people's fortunes. And, like, I swear to God, I'll buy a mic. I will buy a mic to put on him so we just, like, have that battery-powered mic that's under his shirt. And we can just mic it up and just have a really good, like, hidden camera video session and just listen to this dude just spitball a bunch of random bullshit. Um, I think there would be some stuff to figure out, like, how we'd watch it, but I would die laughing. I'd like that. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to make physically more grueling on him some way if we can. I don't know how because he came in last. I think the Fez um, one was bullshit this year. Um, it was. Yeah, Fez got lucky. It he was awful lucky. compared to what I had to do. Um, Absolutely. And and that's not happening again. Like I guess if you want to appoint me to punishment director because Spears just took the took the year off, um, we'll make sure that that gets done and uh, I I will put that poll out there because well, something needs to happen. People were especially motivated because of your um, didn't win a football game, so I think people really wanted to make that one. I, I completely agree, but that Fez one was kind of just, you know, hey, more power to him. We decided to do it, um, but I think yeah. that we could definitely come up with some more creative shit that could be pretty funny, um, and I'm looking forward to it, because I, I, at this point, it's almost mathematically impossible for me to be there, um, so that's just always a good feeling as well. Yeah, it is. You won't be there. Bill Bill will be in line. I mean, this is coming from a fellow bottom dweller, Bill, so I'm, like, I'm not piling it on. I'm right there with you, man. We're one win apart, but... It's Alex said it, it's your points for you are just you're seventy points below the next closest guy, which is Dan, by the way, everyone. And um, you're just not close. Like even if you can climb up and tie someone, like you're gonna lose every tiebreaker because of your core play. So it's not looking great for Bill. It's not he's definitely not dead yet, but it's it's just not looking good. And in summation, as we log off here, points allowed, just fun to you know, peek at every once in a while. Chris Gertz has 110 more points allowed than any other team, which which is actually insane if you think about it. Um, Chris is just getting dicked on this year. Like, there is no question about it. Like, no <laughs> he changed his name to Team Easy Dub, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know what it is, but something about teams catching fire when they play your brother because – I, I just I don't know what it is, but I could not I, I, I couldn't open my app if I like if I knew that that was I a history. Didn't I didn't want to bring it up because I hear I'm in a group chat with him and Michael. We're all fancy freaks, and I mean it's every week. He's like I'm getting like someone's putting up another 140, and he has three out of nine weeks the top scores have gone against him, which is just statistically. He is averaging 125 points against him a game. <laughs> How do you even fucking play that? Like, honestly, I can't believe that. 125 a game. If you said that to me before the season, I wouldn't even draft. I would just stop. I'd say, mercy. And that's what I said. It's like, it takes dumb luck. Like, Chris did nothing wrong. He got that. And Tom is the bottom of points against at 905. So, you know, Tom's gotten that dumb luck. He's 6-3 and and has scored 35 less points than Chris and myself. So, like I said, you got to have dumb luck. You got to have good luck with injuries and you got to draft well. And there are teams like myself and Bill and Chris who didn't do those things. And then there are teams like Tom who drafted okay and then had some dumb luck, right? So, yeah. And, and by the way, people, I am five and one at home, which is by far the best record at home. So don't come into my house thinking you're getting a dub. Um, just something else to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to leave my, I just don't like your team. I'm, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. Dude, alone I disagree so much. That's so funny. I I can't <laughs> wait to be in the finals. 
I, I really can't. I think that my team, I think that if one of my running backs can catch fire, my receiving core is taking me home. But either way, I have the least moves in the league, too. So, um, you know, we're just kind of chilling. Um, but you either way. Well, you drafted well. You drafted a good team, and that's why you're, that's why you're uh, where you're at. Gertz, it's been a pleasure as always. We ran long, as always. Um, you know, first pot of the year, kind of shaking out the cobwebs. It's been awesome. We only lost you once. Um, so any any closing remarks before we drop off here? No, man. I'm I'm just like you said. I'm excited that we're still able to do this, and hopefully COVID stays out of any big playoff decisions and playoff matches. And to guys who are out there who have a real shot, go get them. And uh, if you look in your rear rear view mirror, Gertz is in the they look bigger than they appear. And I'm still coming for you. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. All right, guys, we're signing off. Gertz, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, man. Talk to you later, bro. And with that, we got a few winners of the year projected, a few losers of the year. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Good luck, everyone, this weekend. Stay healthy. Peace.